Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode in the Monash Connected Autonomous Vehicle podcast series. I'm John, the current CEO of MCAV and I'm joined by... I'm Shrey, current CTO of MCAV. I'm Lynn, current COO of MCAV. So in this episode, we'll be aiming to cover the history of MCAV, the previous achievements in the team, where the team was at right at the end of 2022, the plans and progress that we made in 2023, and then we'll also be going over like the history of MCAV, a bit of an intro to ourselves. And then in later episodes, we'll be inviting uh, speakers from the team, from industry and academia, and be diving into some sort of interesting deep dive topic each time. So without further ado, we'll get started with the history of the team. So back in 2018, MCAV was started as just a small group of engineering students wanting to combine different final year projects together and ultimately get one single vehicle where everyone can work on one part of uh, to build a connected autonomous vehicle. And so on the screen you might see right now there's a Subaru Forester and there was a demo right at the end of 2019 which you can check out on YouTube where a retrofit was done to install hardware and we were able to turn it into a vehicle capable of autonomous braking, autonomous parking, and some basic connectivity features. Uh, some work was also done uh, to explore ITS and simulations as well. Uh, software such as um, uh, in the field of uh, traffic flow simulation and vehicle simulation. Uh, we started working in DSRC as well. And that was also the start of uh, the Mini Drone or the ESDA team. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Mini Drone and the ESDA team, that was started last year, so started of 22. Um, we started that as like a way to bring more like engagement to the team, involve more hardware, more electrical projects, but also to have a nice comp that we can go to each year. So the Mini Drone team is building a vehicle. Um, to drive autonomously for a competition that we go to called the IGVC Autonav Comp. Um, so that one, pretty simple. You build a car, you make it drive itself, um, and you score some nice points. Um, so yeah, that's all we started. Started our project. We started with probably five or six people on the team. Five or six people, at least on the mechanical side, that hadn't even touched SolidWorks. Um, so it was definitely a very like slow progress leading up to it. We built some stuff that <laughs> did not look good, did not work well, um, like cars that don't even stand. But um, teams come a long, long way since then. We now have a team of like 40 odd people just working on hardware for that. Um, and hopefully a car that moves in a month or two, which will be nice. Um, yeah, a cool team. A <laughs> cool team. Yeah, so that is a, just a brief overview of the history. Uh, feel free to check out monashcav.com and go to the team history page to get a bit more of a, um, a more detailed overview of what we've done year by year. All right, so just before we continue to go on uh, where we jumped into the executive team and what we worked on, maybe we'll give a quick introduction to ourselves, what we're studying and what we're like interested in. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I'm Shrey, as I said before. Um, studying mechatronics and computational science right now in my going into my sixth year so been here a while um, sick of uni by now but we're getting there um, I started on the team 
during design one, we built pretty much just a small ICE car. Um, it was pretty fun. It was like a nice introduction to MCAV. You got um, like used to the team, used to all the leads, um, and it was a simple project. So you had fun. Um, then I moved on to the Subaru, onto the Forester, where I did a bit of the steering actuation system. Um, we made essentially just a big wheel that's like a big internal gear that sits around the back of the steering wheel with a motor attached to it. Um, we made a bit of it and then our project ended up getting scrapped. We didn't want to pump more money into a car that we weren't really using. Um, so that's when I started. Um, I started leading mini drone team with um, Manoj and then later David as well. Um, we led that team last year and now I'm here. Um, yeah, and I'm just interested in like hardware stuff, building stuff. It's what I've always done. That's what I'm doing here now. It's fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And, and while being on the team, you've uh, got some industry experience as well. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I've done internships. Um, and then just being on the team, you end up talking to a lot of industry as well, which is really nice. Um, we work with, um, like, currently we're working with an engineer, an ex-engineer from Bosch um, on a lot of our software systems. We get weekly meetings. Get to work with some, like, ID, really good ID professionals, people from hardware, um, people from, like, companies like AppliedEV come in, help us, help us build our stuff, talk to us, give us advice. Um, it really is useful. Like, you definitely do make a lot of connections. Um, it's not something you think about when you're like joining a student team. You just, you join to build some cool stuff and you end up like really progressing your career. At least, hopefully. That's all we're aiming for. Yeah, it's incredible the uh, number of industry connections you can build while being on the team mm -hmm. and the number of opportunities that you get being on the team just by knowing other people in the industry and so you get a lot of opportunities for internships and part-time work mm -hmm. and a lot of people have gone on to get grad roles and then yeah. permanent roles in those companies yeah. as well. Like we've got um, a pretty good relationship with Bosch and I don't know how many people, so many of our team either graduate and go to Bosch or are currently working at Bosch. Um, it's probably like 15, 20 people that we've sent over there. Um, so, yeah, we've got a nice relationship with a lot of these teams. We've got people at Apply TV now as well, a couple yeah. people. Um, yeah, it really does help. Yeah. All right, Lynn, a bit of introduction to yourself. Yeah, I'm Lynn, and right now I'm studying Master of Business, uh, specializing in supply chain management. Um, my course is quite simple, like, basic, we have some um, marketing stuff and, like, basic. Um, business courses and then I'll go through some supply chain management stuff like looking for in inventory and manage the uh, production process like we have some estimate stuff um, we just learn, learn that stuff and I think I would like to mention one thing it's quite interesting why I'm joining MCAV like probably John know but I don't, I'm not sure you don't know I'm, I'm sure you, I didn't say it to you because like I know MK is because one day I actually was late for one courses, and I went to the toilet, just like just like sitting on the toilet because girls, right? Like I just saw the poster, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, just po posted it on the toilet wall, and I was like, mm, maybe give it a try, <laughs> and now I'm here. Hey, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's quite funny. I think yeah. it's nice to see what we did help. Like yeah. I remember at the start of the year, we went around to every single toilet, pretty much <laughs> across Monash. Putting up all the posts, we put them up everywhere because we needed, we really needed some ops people at the start of the year. We started with zero people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Lynn's done a good job. Yeah, for, for this year, like 
I think that that that's promotion is quite good. Mm. Like like for me, yeah. I'm I'm so here. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite funny. Nice. Yeah, I think for DC operation, I joined this year around March, and right now become CEO. I think the progress as once I got uh, experience, like I think MK like give a lot of opportunity for different people, like mm. for those like who don't have experience and who don't have experience. Like we had, we got another CSO like. He's doing industry and sponsorship team, Krish, and before that he did, didn't have any experience on that one, and right now he become a CSO. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think MK is quite friendly environment. Like we check, like getting close to each other uh, easier. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's yeah. I think you not only build your like technical skills, but also other soft skills, but all like us. There's a big component in the like social side as well when you join a team. Yeah. Uh, and so, quick introduction to myself. I'm John. Uh, joined the team back in 2019. Uh, work on connectivity, so a lot of DSRC, and then getting into uh, cooperative driving algorithms, such as the intersection control algorithm. Uh, went on to lead the area of intelligent transport systems, and here I am, just uh, leading the team. Uh, and similar to a lot of other people as well, uh, uh, doing some work in the industry, uh, and it's thanks to the experiences and the knowledge I've gained from uh, being on the team and work on the research and development projects. It's been like incredibly helpful, not only getting the positions in the industry, but also being able to contribute a lot more as well at work. Yeah, like having those, like at least for us, having those management skills really does help. Like. I think it puts into perspective like why you get put on a certain project and how you're meant to interact with different people and different departments in the team. Um, because when you're like, for us, when you're up at the top, you can see how those interactions happen and what works well and what doesn't. Um, so it really does help us to be a better like team member when we do move into industry. Um, and even if you're like not in a leadership position, during your time in a team, you still pick up on those skills because you still have to then communicate with other teams. Um, on the hardware side, it's a lot of integration, a lot of talking to other teams, making sure that stuff works well. Um, it's a really good skill to have when you're moving up into industry. Yeah, being able to have like effective communication skills, uh, being able to work in cross-functional teams and with people in other disciplines. Um, like you gain those skills, it's invaluable what you get being working in a student team such as MCAV or lots of other student teams. Um, and so once you join industry, you're able to just jump straight into the work and contribute effectively. Um, and this is something that you can't really get doing coursework. Uh, you'd need to join some sort of student team and work in these mm -hmm. sorts of projects that you build these skills. Yeah, like I think for as me, I, as an international student, like join a student team is kind of one basic is practice our English. Like yeah, yeah that's that's the first point. Uh, the second point is we do get a chance to direct communicate with a lot of industry people, mm. like during our industry night and other yeah. some e event and we direct talk to them and have like email communications. I think that does help you to understand how it works and know what you can do to pr promote yourself mm. and like, let everyone knows who you are. Yeah. 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 And, like, um, I know we're talking about all the good sides of student teams and, like, of being on MCAB, but, like, 
obviously you do have to put a lot of time in, and that does mean like sometimes um, <laughs> other stuff suffers. So it does mean that a lot of people have to drop units here and there. Like you do get people sometimes failing stuff um, because you are just sacrificing your time from one of your things, putting it into something else. Um, so that's something that I don't say talked about too much, but something that we try and push a lot. Try and make sure that if our team's not doing well, like you see a team member not doing well, they're not putting the time into uni as much, push them away from MCAV. Like we're still a team, but you're trying to graduate. Everyone's here to graduate. We need to make sure we do that. Um, and I think that's a really good part about being on MCAV. Try and make sure everyone's doing well at uni as well, not just focusing on the team. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also for international students, you cannot drop the unit. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> so oh. you have to like manage all the things by yourself. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing is that a lot of other people on the team, uh, you have other people going through something similar. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of support available mm -hmm. on the team as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, so the team at the end of 2022 and then what we wanted to achieve in 2023. So the team had existed for a few years and then there was the whole COVID pandemic right in the middle, which uh, put, you know, put the team on hold effectively for a couple of years. Um, so right in 2022, the team basically started again. Um, picking up where people had left off a few years prior. And so we need to, uh, the previous executive team needed to just make sure that the uh, team moving forward would be able to collaborate more effectively. And so a lot of effort was put into um, uh, initiatives such as starting to use team-wide collaboration software. So we started using Notion, we started using Slack uh, in a way that was used across the entire team. Uh, we also started to look into expanding um, our research and development projects into competitions. So that's where the ESDA team or the mini drone team got started. And there's some uh, basic beginnings to like the industry sponsorships uh, side as well. Um, uh, but it was like a really basic beginning. Uh, usually how we like to think about it is we're trying to build a house in 2022 was just laying some of the like pipe work and some of the electrical cabling and just some of the foundation and then what we wanted to achieve in 2023 was starting to build up like the rest of the structure for the house um, not sure about the technical side at yeah. the end of 2022 no like yeah pretty similar um we came in with like a technical team that was quite small compared to what we've got now we probably had about 30 people 40 people um and like that many actually committed people as well. Um, but the processes that we had meant that all of our teams were very disconnected, um, especially on the software side. We would have teams that just work on connectivity but not for a bigger project or um, like intersection control algorithms but not relating to a bigger project. So your scope of your project, it's very big because you're trying to make something for just like make something connectivity related instead of having a specific project, which meant that our project sort of just stagnated. They didn't really go anywhere because they didn't have that ultimate goal. Um, and that's what we noticed in 2022 with ESDA having an actual goal to work towards. 
it meant that the team actually made something, even though it maybe they didn't make something that good or um, something that met those requirements, they still finished that project and made something. Um, so that's what we like sort of tried to push um, this year. And I think that's what we've done. We combined a lot of our software teams. Um, we made sure people were coming into the workshop quite a bit more. But yeah, especially um, towards the start of the year, it was a very disconnected team, which meant people weren't too keen to come in and work together. Um, and I think that's something we have improved this year. We definitely have. Yeah. yeah, the team's really accelerated this year. Mm. And more on the operational side, so mm. right at the beginning of the year, the executive team was effectively just a Shrey being CTO and myself being the CEO. Yep. And imagine trying to uh, really build and expand the team. It was really difficult. Mm. And there was no operations team at the moment either. Mm. So all the admin, logistical, operational work for the team, it was just Shrey and myself handling it. So one of the... Uh, Key, key areas we wanted to work on was to just build an operations team. So what we did was we started recruiting for operations, split into six different areas, and we had people in business working on the logistical and initiatives for different events and doing business plans. We had the finance and assets team where they'd do the financial reporting, accounting, and also management of assets across all of our workshops on campus and internationally. Uh, we've got the um, industry and sponsorships team just building those connections with industry, gaining more sponsors and partners for us to work with. Uh, the marketing team, of course, to help market all our different events, our activities, uh, the projects that the team works on, um, and also for our recruitment drives. Uh, we have the people and culture team uh, doing more of the handling recruitment, human resources, and also upskilling and training of current members. Um, and, uh, and we've got the legal team. Uh, so that was another key, a key part that really needed to improve on the team. So previously, uh, how we handled things was, uh, if it sounds right, we'll do it. There were no official policies in place, no proper policies or procedures. And so the legal team was tasked with the very difficult task of formalising the policies. And now we probably have like hundreds of pages worth of policies. So that way, anyone coming into the team in the future or any current members can just refer back to those um, documents and know exactly uh, how things would proceed if X, Y, Z happens. Um, and what the responsibilities of each member, each section really is. And that, like, that really helps, not just the operation side in the background, but like our technical team. Um, like one of the big ones that we've been dealing with over summer is a lot of people go on leave, they go on break. Um, like they'll, if they're international, a lot of them are flying back to another country. Um, they can't work. And having stuff like we've got policies where you need to apply for extended leave, apply to work online, um, Meaning that we're like actually tracking that and noting it down, so we know who's in, who can work, who can't, and it makes it so much easier to like manage projects, assign people to different projects, um, especially with our software team, where it's a team they cycle through a new project every maybe two weeks. They're always hitting some sort of milestone, needing to move around, um, and not knowing who's actually on the team is really difficult. So having that legal team really does help the whole team um, and quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the other area was the most upskilling in the team. 
Um, this is an area we're still working on when we're trying to improve every day. Uh, this is for both the technical members, upskilling them there, like, for example, software development or hardware development skills, but also in operations as well. And so we've brought in people uh, uh, such as, like, different mentors or uh, advisors onto the team uh, to help uh, um, bring their knowledge and advise us on those areas, uh, but also have different opportunities available outside, such as uh, Engineers Australia or IEEE, where members can then go and join those events and activities to really develop those skills too. Um, the other areas like outreach events, so events such as like the industry night where we invited sponsors and partners to come and we also got to show off some of our technologies as well, had a code drive uh, event where high school students could come in uh, to develop their own small scale autonomous vehicles. So maybe Lynn, you can talk a bit about that. Yeah, for that project, I think we collaborate with a VMC, uh, Victorian Multiculture Commission. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to memorize all the words clearly, <laughs> but yeah, we work with VMC, so they support us to, um, to help with this event. We create some uh, small scales of uh, uh, driving car, yep. yeah, and we get to um, let the high school students try to code on that car, so they can know what the exactly um, we are doing, like the small skills one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a really cool event that we run because um, usually when you see outreach, it's like okay, we'll connect a couple wires, make something move, um, but it's never something too involved. So we really wanted to make sure that we touched on like actual autonomous driving, not just general hardware or electrical, like general skills. Um, and that meant that we made something where they make a vehicle that can follow some lane lines and actually autonomously drive around a track. It can be able to sense um, stuff like stoplights and stuff like that. Um, and because of that, the students actually see how an autonomous car functions and some of the actual things that we do. We'll use a camera to detect some lane lines and they do the exact same thing. They have small cars that use a camera to detect these lane lines, um, which makes it really useful, hopefully really useful, for um, these students and hopefully also pushes them towards MCAV when they join. Um, yeah, yeah, really does help. Yeah, I think one thing like during the event make me feel like much more excited is, mm. is about like when you see those, when you saw those students trying to get the cars working, like keep mm. testing, like. Yeah again and again and again and they feel like oh it's kind of like really fun and mm -hmm. really want to get into it and for because like for those students some some of them are not like they don't have any coding uh, experience before and some of them have like but for that event we can get to get them all together and let them to try and keep improving and i think that's kind of cool yeah yeah, yeah so the goal with the event was really to inspire those high school students to pursue STEM, and uh, we were aiming to get students from more the low, lower socioeconomic backgrounds who may not have the opportunity to really explore their passions. Um, so we provide them the hardware and the, some of the software, so they would just put it together and really explore um, and just make a small autonomous vehicle. And the other one was the industry night, which we ran a few months ago. Oh, yeah. That event, I think, is our first outreach event, right? First big one, probably. First, yeah. first big one. And I think that's 
um, we I kind, we kind of underestimate. Like, yeah, <laughs> we we we, did. we we thought that there will only be around one hundred to two hundred people, and actually on that day it's around three hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this funny thing is like we, we didn't order enough food. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, we've heard that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> probably next time we'll order enough food for everyone. Like <laughs> probably at, at least one slice of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. and we invite around 13 of industry to, um, company to join and they are able to um, present their projects and introduce themselves uh, during the event. And yeah, I think that's why, I think that's one thing that um, makes this event uh, more crucial, like maybe uh, spatial, because mm. um, I think some of others event doesn't get to have more, that much uh, company to join the event. Mm. So we got these um, good chances. Yeah. yeah, it definitely ran better than like last year. We had a sort of similar sort of event, um, our end of year demo. That one we probably had 30, 40 people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a big change for us going from like, that's our big end of year event in 2022 to having 10 times the number of people come um, in 2023. So yeah, it was a nice learning experience, but it really showed how much like time and how much effort like that we put in actually results in something that is good. And it um, shows us that whatever we're doing, we're at least doing something well. Um, yeah, gave us all a bit of confidence. And I think that helped the team as well. Like, the team could see that we were sort of making a difference. Um, a lot of people came to see what we had made. Um, definitely excited the team. Yeah. yeah, and we got some pretty great feedback from some of the attendees as mm. well. Uh, from the students, it was, oh, they got the opportunity to really talk to uh, companies in the industry. Uh, and there were opportunities available for them to join those companies as well. Yeah. But also, like, for members of the team getting to show off their work uh, to people from industry, to other students and to members of the public as well, it's really rewarding for them to be able to show off, hey, I put, like, a year's worth of work into this. Um, and so getting to, like, show that was really important too. And um, that doesn't just stop at, like, the big events that we hold like this. Um, like, in, I think, a month or two, we're having... Uh, alumni review where we invite in our alumni to review the mechanical and the electrical designs of the ESTA team um, and that's not just inviting alumni that's also inviting other like key stakeholders that we have from industry inviting some of the Monash staff um, some of the people that really are knowledgeable and this is where these teams dive into their projects and we get a lot of feedback from um, all of these different stakeholders that we have and it's another way that our teams can present their, um, their work, can get some really detailed feedback, and um, can learn a lot from industry. Um, yeah, so we're trying to do that everywhere, not just with these big events. Yeah. Um, and speaking about industry, the uh, number of sponsors and partners of the team has really grown this year. Mm. Um, of course, thanks to our more dedicated uh, industry and sponsorships team, who worked tirelessly to... Um, to contact sponsors and partners uh, and other uh, companies in the industry as well and get us the opportunities that we get. So I'll just use this opportunity to uh, thank uh, sponsors. Uh, of course, uh, Monash University uh, and the Faculty of Engineering, uh, more specifically the Departments of Civil Engineering and Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering. Uh, they provide some of the funding, uh, the facilities for us to use and some of the lab equipment as well. Uh, we have Applied EV, 
who provide us uh, more financial support and technical support as well. Uh, I've got Altium providing us a lot of software and, again, technical support too. And likewise with Altair, the software and some technical support from them. Uh, 3D Meta providing us some uh, 3D printing equipment and filament as well. As you can imagine, we do a lot of uh, 3D printing on the team, and so just having a lot of filament to do prototyping has been incredibly helpful. Uh, Interscale, one of our first sponsors as well, uh, massive thank you for providing IT, managed IT services for the team. Uh, our um, public-facing infrastructure, a lot of it is run on Interscale hardware, so big thanks to them. Uh, Protocase. So uh, hardware. Yeah. More hardware support. Uh, likewise with MaxiLock, our latest sponsor. Uh, Tribotics as well with uh, hardware. Uh, JCar Electronics, uh, more hardware from their retail stores. Uh, Dassault Systems, the makers of SolidWorks, again for some of their uh, complete um, packages of software. Uh, Leap Systems. Yeah, Leap uh, gives us Onshape, which, moving away from SolidWorks. Uh, but yeah, moving on to Onshape. Same thing, um, also some answer software. Um, yeah, just a lot more software and a lot of supporters of. Well. They've been really good at supporting us. Like we've had a lot of meetings with them, just walking through our so- walking through their software, making sure that we're set up well, um, especially well to manage a whole team. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, uh, we've also gotten grants from the Victorian State Government and the Victorian Multicultural Commission, such as the Industry Night that was run a few months ago, like we mentioned. Uh, Mini Boss Business School up in Brisbane um, was an, provided some support and we also ran an activity with them and similar with uh, Monash Tech School uh, which is nearby too. Uh, we've got a few partners as well. We've got Bosch. Uh, we've done a few industry visits with them as well. Uh, Street Drone Advanced Engineering over in the United Kingdom and the Society of Automotive Engineers Australasia. And finally, just some thank yous for additional support from the Australian Research Data Commons and the National Research Infrastructure for Australia, which is from the uh, federal, Australian Federal Government. So uh, if you are from industry and you'd like the sound of like sponsoring the team, uh, please reach out to industry at monashcav.com and they'll provide you more information. So just a quick overview of what benefits you might be getting by sponsoring the team. Uh, obviously, you're supporting innovation. Uh, we are a team of select entry, really passionate students uh, across the university. You've got engineering, IT, business, arts, design, all designing autonomous vehicles, intelligent transport systems. And so you're helping us work on those cutting-edge projects, but also developing and just uh, investing in the skills uh, that uh, for us where we'll later join industry. Uh, of course, you'll get first access to emerging talent, um, quite a few of the companies and the sponsors that you have heard previously have reached out directly and recruited directly from the team because you get access to the students who are really passionate and already have the soft skills and the technical skills as well to contribute directly to your company. Uh, by sponsoring, you get a lot of visibility and brand exposure through our events, our website, our emails, our different uh, activities that we run. Uh, not only for the academic community, industry circles, but also the broader public as well. Uh, you get your logo, your branding, it can be featured on all of our materials. Uh, you can showcase your corporate responsibility, uh, your commitment to um, investing in the future, and that shows a positive message, as I'm sure you're well aware of. 
get networking opportunities with other companies in the industry and, of course, with uh, academia as well, not only from Monash University but other um, universities and other providers uh, in the region. And finally, you can help contribute to a sustainable future. Uh, this is directly relevant to our team's mission and vision, uh, directly in the space of uh, autonomous uh, mobility. All right. So... Uh, few other things for 2023 that we uh, are working on. So international expansion. Uh, one of the things we noticed, especially during the time of COVID, was that uh, companies, especially uh, that were only in one area, might start uh, including remote workers uh, in other countries. And so we identified that as like an important part, not only to develop the skills of other uh, other students from other universities outside of Australia, uh, but also to internally develop skills of team members, where you get to work with people internationally, um, which uh, may be really useful when they enter the workplace. Um, so our first area we're trying to expand into is Monash University in Malaysia, close by, also Monash University. And so we're currently working on, on setting up the team over there uh, effectively as like a remote or a satellite office and uh, contributing to the same mission and vision and we will be the very first uh, international uh, fully integrated student team. Um, maybe you can talk about some of the uh, progress made in the technical side during 2023? Yeah. Um, yeah, technical side, we've done quite a bit. So um, I guess we can start with our hardware sort of sections. Our hardware sections with um, mini drone formerly called Mini Drone, now called ESDA. Um, they've expanded the team a lot. Like, we have some amazing leads there that um, really just run like their own student team. It's almost like we've got a mini student team in our student team um, working towards that competition. They've grown the team from five or six people up to 40 now. Um, and that's just on our hardware side. And they're building stuff that actually runs, uh, which is nice. Building stuff that we can actually take to a comp. Um, so they've done really well, and they've got some really nice like processes in place as well. It's not just on the technical side of development. Um, they really helped because they're sort of where we can try out different processes that could be expanded out to the whole team. Um, stuff like asking people to come into workshops more, maybe running a lot more in-person meetings, um, really like getting people more hands-on, more involved, um, making sure people can like experience different parts of different projects like. Our electrical team is writing software. Um, a lot of people from our mechanical teams will then go and do some PCB design or like electrical people doing some CAD design. So that hardware side is very nice and integrated now. It's really, really cool. Um, on the software side, software side, it started off a bit iffy near the start of the year. Um, we, as I said before, we had a lot of just disconnected um, projects that didn't really integrate well. And that meant that we expanded a lot of our team on the hardware side. We had a really nice hardware team. Uh, but our software team, with our expensive cars, weren't really doing too much. Um, so that's why, in, towards the start of SEM2, we had to put in a lot of time. And this was like a pretty stressful time for me, for the rest of our software leads. Uh, we had to put in a lot of work to just figure out how to run an effective software team, especially when you're combining all of your software team members so you're coming into managing a team of about 40 people um, with no real processes in place. So 
it was like it was a big learning curve for us so that's why we're really thankful we had Chris um, the ex-engineer from Bosch he did a lot to help us start a project and help us be able to um, have a project that's really realistic um, and that's where we moved towards developing autonomous valet parking so that's what we've been working over working on over SEM2 and still working on now hopefully we'll have a car parking itself by the start of March um, but yeah, that was a lot of work to set up and make sure that the team had um, like resources available and had the capability to build that. So it was a lot of research in the back end, trying to make sure that the team can actually build this. And then a lot of time figuring out how to manage a software team, because it's a lot different from a hardware team. Our software team goes through cycles of a couple of weeks, working on different projects. Our hardware team, the cycle is about a year. So they'll be working on one project for six months to a year, compared to software people working on it for a couple of weeks. Um, so that means our leads need to be really involved, knowing who's good on the team, who's not, um, where they need to improve and where their skills lie, because software is such a like broad um, a broad discipline. So you need to know some people are good at certain things, some people are good at others, um, and who's like maybe more of a people person that can keep the team together, who's um, more quiet, likes to work alone, um, and they sort of need that person with them to help bring them and be a part of the team. Um, so that was a lot of work we put in, but over 23, we definitely like uh, led to a good team and a good culture in the team, which is what we really value. Like, culture definitely comes first on the technical side as well. We can build some cool stuff, but if no one wants to be in here building, nothing's actually gonna get done. Um, so I think we've done a lot of work on that. Um, and then we also have our like model road network project where um, we're building a complete model city and we've got algorithms that can run that are working in simulation right now that are going to be then ported over to um, actual hardware. So that's algorithms like intersection control algorithms where it can have cars moving around and um, talking in an intersection um, and communicating, make sure, making sure that if we did have a city full of autonomous cars, it would run well. Um, and doing that like back-end research for what's gonna happen in, hopefully, um, in our lifetimes at some point. So it's really cool that we're gonna work on something now that will hopefully be implemented in the future. Um, that team's done really well as well. We've gone from a team of, I think, three people at the start of, that year, of start of last year, uh, start of this year. Um, team of three people who just had a car and that's about it. Um, to now an actual model road network with cars running on it. It's the same model road network we use for all of our outreach events as well. Um, but it's nice to see actually cars running and see those intersection control algorithms actually working. Um, the whole technical side though has made amazing progress. Like it's far more than what I would have ever expected coming into um, the CTO role. And it definitely shows that we have some really good team members and we have some really good leads to push the projects forward. Um, if it was just me pushing them, nothing would have happened. So we're really lucky, we're so fortunate to have some really good team members. Um, yeah, but really happy with the progress. Yeah. And this is also the first year that we recruited uh, students from the indus industrial mm, design yeah, yeah. Uh, area as well. Yeah, that's, that's been a lot of help. We've also had um, Adam who's, um, he works at a company called Grand Yarra they also do industrial design for automotive vehicles. And we we're so lucky to find him. And we we're so lucky to find our three amazing industrial design team members. Um, they've done a lot of work. 
they're working on the ESDA project right now. They've been building cardboard mock-ups. They've done some really good, really cool designs, and it's been really difficult to integrate those in with the mechanical team. Um, but what we've started is we've started um, what we call working sessions, where um, the mechanical team and the ID team have to come in and they work together. Um, so it means that we do still have a lot of that collaboration, and a lot of it can happen in person, which makes stuff run a lot faster. Um, and make sure that we can actually build a car in the end that will fit together, hopefully just like puzzle pieces. Um, yeah, and they've got a really cool design. Um, end of March, or start of March, we should see a really cool car um, and something that can drive autonomously. Uh, should be nice, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of progress made in the operations team, specifically like <laughs> setting it up internally, getting everyone to work together well. I think like for most of most of the job, like the foundation is is done by you you two. I, I think so. Like as I become the CEO, like we mainly um, focusing on how to like documentations, like make make all those documentation like clearly, and how do we onboarding and onboarding progress, and we try to like because we we have the issue like when when we onboard like uh, during March. I'm when I was just join MK, we found that we can't, it's hard for us to know what we can do now. Because like in the beginning, there, there won't be a lot of projects for the new recruits to do. So we're, what we're trying to do now is trying to set up a project that we can directly hand it to the new recruits so they can learn from our past documents and also they can create their own idea during those projects and try to develop by themselves. So that's what we are trying to do and set up all um, all the documents like legal team and industry sponsorship team. We have the sample for all the um, business and operations, like whole operation teams to know what we can do during uh, all the progress. Like if we're going to have a project, how do we going to write our project and how, we, how do we manage all the documentations and how do we like um, estimate the spending? Like this, uh, I think there's a lot of details for them to learn, and we're just trying to get those um, documents ready. So in the future, like whoever um, going to onboard in different kind of positions, they can directly um, know what they have to do and know what can uh, what they can, yeah, do in the, at the moment and know like something related to technical team, yeah, because things mostly operations meeting done as like our meetings are always done by online like during online we use the zoom and communicate with each other we we doesn't like um technical team will come to a workshop and we're trying to solve this problem in the future like we get the police for operations to join yeah so i think that's what we're trying to do now and for next year i think we are just trying to get more sponsors for our team like also get more business support from different kind of um Places so that we can know that we are on the right progress. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I didn't realize about the onboarding stuff, but that's the same sort of thing that we do in technical work. Yep. Um, we spend a whole semester just onboarding our technical teams, and they'll go through pretty much building a mini scale project um, similar to what we do. So on the hardware side, they go through and they build an actual car with actual car mechanics. They learn all about how a car runs. Um, all the different, like, how different steering systems and different drive control systems, um, 
and then they get to actually implement that on a pretty large scale, like about that big RC car, they get to race them around at the end. Um, and then on the software side, they actually get to control our Twizy. They put it up on blocks and they can write some code that makes some motors spin, can detect people, um, do a bunch of stuff. And it's really been helpful because they're running through a project. They're not just learning mm. some of those skills. So they learn the like processes and procedures that we have, but then they also get to upskill themselves in all of those technical areas. So they're ready to officially join one of our teams. Um, and like be a useful team member yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, it's just really important that uh, when you're a student you get like a more of an introduction and an easy ramp into uh, more recent development projects which a lot of students may not have had the experience before and so this just gets you um, more even more prepared when you join the industry yeah I think one thing like I would like to mention is like for operation team Maybe some of the people will think like we just do the paperwork and it seems like you're just doing something like on paper. You just spend your time doing on it. I think um, probably they have to change like their mind when, when they are thinking about this because I think when we go into the project, we have to think more details and try to make those people to think more details like for new recruits that, that need to spend a lot of time. Yeah, so I think for new recruits, they definitely can learn from this uh, uh, process, like join the student team, because that makes you learn how to communicate with others and like communicate with technical team and know what they need and trying to like uh, use the right way to write it down and then create a, a good uh, project um, proposal. So, like, everyone will confirm that this one is a good proposal and we would like to support you. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh, I've got one on the uh, next topic being our experiences being exec members. Um, so, what's yeah. your experience been like? Uh, it's been fun, first and foremost. Um, it has been really fun. Like, it's been really cool to see how the team has developed over the whole year and how like the little things that you implement um, or that you try and change it really does have a massive effect like one of the key things that we noticed at the start of the year was people just weren't coming into the workshop um, it was really hard to be, then be able to like communicate with people especially over zoom getting people like out of that mindset where you can just work from home um, because you know you can work from home um, it's not too hard you can do everything over zoom but then you lose that like sense of a team or community um, and you lose all those like little chats that you have with people before and after a meeting. You lose going out to lunch with people. Um, so that's the first thing that we try to change. Um, and doing that, like doing something simple, like we just asked our leads to be in the workshop when, um, when a meeting was happening and to ask people to come in, not to force people, just to ask them to come in. And that made a massive difference to the team. That meant that people were actually keen to come in. People knew that they could come in because they knew that there was a lead or there'd be someone there, um, which means people wanted to come in. Um, so making those like little differences, little changes, and then seeing how that can have a big impact on a lot of people, uh, that was really cool to see, at least for me. Um, but then on the flip side, it's also really stressful. Like It is a lot of work, and it's a lot of work when it feels like the team is sort of riding on you doing something well 
And if you make a mistake, then a lot of people will not suffer, but like they'll go through some sort of harder time. Um, and that can get stressful. But right now, after going through like all that stuff, um, making sure that there are all these processes that are in place, making sure we have really good leads, um, and that we're not just like letting people coast through a lead position or through just being a team member, having some really good people on the team, meant that now, for me personally, I'm like, I'm pretty hands off. I just come in, I help people while they need it, and I get to go home, because we've got some really good leads that do a lot of really good work. Um, so it was definitely stressful throughout the year, but then now it's like, I'm chilling a little bit. It's been nice. Uh, I've been having fun. Yeah. Awesome. My experience? Well, I think, yeah, it's kind of fun, like, um, get to know different people from different cultural backgrounds because I think I I have the experience being leads back in uh, my, my, my country and um, during that time I always like I, I say anything they do anything like but like in Australia like the work, working experience quite different so like so being exact is like for, for me it's like kind of like a learning journey like keep learning different kind of um, working experience and for leading it's kind of different like we give a lot of space we trust we trust mm. our members like fully like if they told us they will get the work done by when we're just like all right you will give you some time to do on that around that time we'll ask again like this kind of um experience is quite different yeah and it 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 been have there there's some hard time like manage stuff like because international students have to manage four units at at the same time so like a lot of meeting and 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 work is like when you finish a week it's just like oh my god <laughs> it's kind of tiresome yeah. but somehow when you finish a project you will feel everything is fine mm. yeah yeah like it definitely does always work out from what we've seen like you can't make a mistake so bad that you've pushed back your whole team by like, all of that good work that you've done over the year. Um, mistakes will happen, but mm -hmm. it's never that catastrophic. And yeah, it's a really good thing to keep in the back yeah. of your mind. I think there's one thing different is like when I do um, helping the industry in the street night, there's one thing um, different when I'm having the event back in. Um, so the difference is Actually, we need to, there's a problem on that day is we can't arrange the table on our venue because yeah. like t the table is stick on the floor. Yeah. So we can move it. So the arrangement is not at the same as we planned. Mm. So in that, at, at that timing, and we try to make some changes at the moment, uh, at, at that time. And for me, I think that will be a mistake mm. in the past because yeah. like we, we should like manage this before the event, but we didn't. So I'm kind of like, upset with it but people here like for all the members it's like that's fine it's totally fine yeah. it's, it's a small mistake you can like manage better mm -hmm. and and also there's a time control issue on that day but and also like the industry people like the attendees they all say it's it's kind of it's fine just you are learn in a learning phase you, it doesn't matter you don't have to take too much pressure on yourself so that's quite different yeah. experience yeah. Yeah. Um, so my time being an exec, uh, 
the greatest thing has been like when you become an exec, you become really invested in the success and the progress of the team. And so, what you identified as like the weaknesses of the team, what could be improved on, uh, you're able to just start different initiatives, start different projects to really improve. Um, and so, being able to see how far the team has gone, how much we've accelerated this year, going from just under 40 team members to going to like 130 members, uh, going from only a couple of sponsors to like 22 sponsors and partners now, and still growing. Uh, building our connections um, across like the university as well and um, our advisors as well. So that has been incredible, incredibly rewarding to see that. Uh, the downside, of course, like you mentioned, was uh, the, the number of meetings that you enter, the number of emails and messages that you respond to every day. <laughs> and I think I now understand why a lot of executives have EAs just to support that like admin and logistical side because that really does take away so much of your time and that that leaves barely any time left for you to like build up the like strategic direction for the team um, but of course like the soft skills that you build doing all of that in terms of like communication and teamwork and other areas as well it's just I don't think you could match that experience um, doing anything else uh, while you're at uni yeah, I understand that yeah like, there are days where I sit down and I'm like, okay, I've got these emails to send and then I can start on, like, some of the more technical planning or, like, some actual technical work. And then you spend your whole day just writing emails. Yeah. You spend your whole day and then you've got Slack up on the side so people are always messaging you, asking for help. So you end up like, oh, I'll go look for this, I'll go help this person, I'll finish this email. And then you get to, like, get to do none of your actual work. And then it gets annoying when you're trying to do that and then your actual work is studying but you're like, okay, just another email. I can't leave it too long. I don't want to just leave an email for a couple of days. Uh, and then you put off all your work. You end up doing not so well in some units. Um, but, no, it was still, it was fun. <laughs> Even while we had to do that. Um, but, oh, like, the meetings at the start of the year. I, because, like, I didn't understand how a lot of the technical teams ran. So when I started... I joined every single technical meeting, every team meeting, to see how like the teams were, if we had good teams, if we had good leads, because I didn't know a lot of the leads either. Um, but that meant for most of the first semester, I was in meetings every day, like back-to-back -back meetings every day, just trying to learn about the team, which, yeah, did become a lot, a lot of work. But that means that now I don't have... I have one meeting that I have to go to each week, which is the meeting with you guys. And everything else is like, oh, I'll go if I want. I'll see if how they're going. But I don't even need to have like weekly meetings with our leads anymore because everything runs well. And like that's why you put the time into it. So then hopefully the next people that come into it are less stressed out, don't have to put in as much time in. Um, you're like building that foundation of the team. Yeah. All right, do we have any final thoughts before we wrap up this uh, this first episode? I think so. Yeah. It was a nice first episode. Yeah. It was nice yeah. to Tra just talk. Yeah. Trial yeah. best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, we've really accelerated this year. The team has grown incredibly well. Of course, fantastic work by everyone on the team, different team members. Um, but also, we do need to mention a massive thank you to our supervisors and advisors, uh, Professor Hai Vu, um, Dr. Home Chung and Pascal Mater, uh, and our advisors as well, 
uh, Chris Murphy and Adam Smith uh, have been incredibly instrumental to like guiding um, guiding our team this year. Yeah, like, it's actually really nice to see because like they're the people that stick with the team from when it started, so they can see what the downfalls were two years ago, three years ago when we weren't on the team, and they can identify those early. Um, so they are like a really useful part of the team, and they are something like. I feel like we should use our supervisors a bit more. Um, and that's what we started doing a lot this year, but something that we should be pushing to do more over the next year as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, this concludes the first episode of the Monash Connected Autonomous Vehicle podcast series. Uh, join us uh, next time as we meet the uh, incoming brand new executive team. And then, of course, we'll have much more interesting episodes as well. Make sure to check us out on monashcav.com. Follow all of our social media. You can go to linktree slash monashcav to find all of our social media pages. Make sure to follow and stay tuned for uh, upcoming episodes. And we'll catch you next time. See you all.